I am so thrilled to be announcing the 2024 Mom Advice Book Club selections. I'm hosting my first backlist book club year in honor of my 20th year as an online creator, and I would be honored to have you join me on this journey. If you're just discovering me, I'm your host, Amy Allen Clark from momadvice.com, and I'm the voice behind the Book Gang podcast. This podcast celebrates under-the-radar books, backlist book selections, and debut novelists. As a frugal person, I know it was so wonderful to have had the book club for free as long as we have. I cannot believe that I have shared this club for free since 2014. It was essential to continue that tradition as long as possible, even in some of these more challenging seasons like the pandemic. But with the way that the world has gone completely topsy-turvy in my field, I truly can no longer afford to do that for free, but I am choosing a backlist book club year, which I think is going to be more economical for readers because these books may be able to be purchased used, discounted, or even through your local library. The cost to join the Mom Advice Book Club is only $5 monthly for the standard membership, or you can participate at our new $7 level for the book club expansion pack. Now, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you are already subscribed to the standard plan, which includes all of the benefits I know you love and have become accustomed to. I promise I will take nothing away. My members have requested a $7 level, which is so kind. And this is mainly just to help support the business. And I wanted to ensure that I created something valuable for that $2 bump up. All the funds that are collected cover all the hosting services related to running a club of this size and payment for our special guests who join us to celebrate this momentous occasion. All of the discussions this year will be hosted and run through the Patreon platform. So no more Facebook events. Each month will look different depending on the celebrated book, but I promise I will also walk you through all of that in today's podcast. Still, every month is going to include a Zoom discussion and an after-party post for those who are unable to participate in that video chat so you can discuss it through a typed thread that you can hop into whenever you're finished. In addition, you will get a 25 to 35 page monthly reading guide with the latest book reviews, book news, and what's hitting store shelves, hosted with Get Booked with Larry on Instagram. You also receive a printable version of that book club guide for leading a local club and a music playlist that celebrates each book's themes to share with your group or just to immerse yourself in the book through your own solo reading. Now for the new $7 tier, you will gain access to my book club expansion pack, which I've collaborated on with our guests. This bonus document includes books and films that influence the work, my recommendations for book pairings, and insider tidbits on deeper connections to the author's work or that genre. These are designed like top secret files, so you'll get something fun to open every month. For example, one author had loads of movie night ideas that I think you would really love under his book's themes, so we put all of that into the file with the books that influenced his writing. If you commit for one year to either plan, it will give you a 10% savings at checkout. So that works out to less than a cup of coffee at the original tier level and probably honestly about the cost of a latte on the $7 tier. So that's the setup for the cost. 
Now I get to talk about the fun elements of this year's book club experience and share all 12 book club selections with you and what we'll be doing to celebrate each of these books. So deep breath, no more procrastinating, no more overthinking or rearranging my bookshelf. Once this is out in the world, it is done. I will not be recording this twice. And boy, do I want you to be excited for this year because it has been an entire year in the making. All right, let's do this. The January selection came to my desk through a rather unusual overlap. I hosted one of my favorite audiobook narrators, Julia Whalen, on our show to support her novel, Thank You for Listening. As she's narrated hundreds and hundreds of books, I just knew that she would be an invaluable resource when asked, is there any book you would consider an under-the-radar gem that deserves more attention? She did not reply with a list of books. She only replied with one thriller, and that thriller was Bluff by Michael Cardos. In this gripping story, the enchanting world of magic collides with the high-stakes world of poker, creating a twisty tale of suspense that's going to leave you reeling. This book is cinematic, it's juicy, and it is the most finely crafted suspense journey I've taken this year. Readers meet Natalie, a 27-year-old prodigy in the art of close-up magic. Despite her extraordinary talents, she is now down on her luck financially, and she finds herself doing corporate magic shows. Not a great gig. Now, while performing at one of these gigs, an altercation with a real jerk of an attendee ends in a potential lawsuit that could bring along even more financial devastation. When she takes a freelance writing gig to begin that cobbled path towards paying down this debt and her looming lawyer bills, her path crosses with Ellen, a seasoned professional card sheet. The savvy Ellen extends an irresistible proposition to Natalie that could yield millions and change her life forever. Forged into an improbable alliance, the duo plunge themselves into the perilous depths of a high-stakes poker game. Cue the Rocky Montage music and prepare to learn a heck of a lot about card tricks and illusions, complete with gasp-worthy plot twists and hold-your-breath suspense. This backlist novel was published in 2018, and as you may have guessed, it is narrated by Julia Whalen. It is an impeccable performance on an impeccable book. The seats of the story are just as unique as the promise. Now, Michael Cardos worked closely with a former student turned professional magician. Michael joined me for an hour-long interview discussing his book from start to finish as we went through the plot twist choices and some unusual research he had to do to prepare this slate of hand he offered his readers. You can watch that video or listen to the interview as part of your book club benefits. There have been so many buzzy heist and con artist books, but none, in my opinion, can top Bluff by Michael Cardos. In February, we will celebrate the love and bonds between sisters with a 2017 contemporary selection called Saints for All Occasions by J. Courtney Sullivan. This Irish Catholic family drama unfolds at a measured pace, artfully brought to life in audiobook format with the added charm of a captivating Irish accent. This story is a poignant and multifaceted exploration of family, sacrifice, and the intricate bonds between sisters. Spanning decades, the novel unveils the lives of two sisters, 
Nora and Teresa, as they navigate the challenges and joys of immigrating from Ireland to America in the late 1950s. It is not a spoiler to say that the opening pages start in a really haunting way. In the year 2009, Nora has had a creeping feeling that something terrible is looming, so it feels like her worst fears have been brought to light when she receives a call that her son Patrick was involved in a drunk driving accident. He lost control of his car and slammed into a concrete wall beneath an overpass, dying upon impact. The cop reassures her it could have been worse if he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. And Nora, she clings to this detail that Patrick had not been trying to die. As secrets and revelations begin to surface in this modern timeline, the narrative quickly shifts to 1957, unraveling the sisters' lives during their early years in America. Nora and Teresa, they share the same wide blue eyes, thin lips, and brown curls, but Nora has always thought that Teresa's features were more pleasing than her own. Nora's a sister who embraces practicality and responsibility, accepting an arranged marriage to secure a stable future in the States. Meanwhile, spirited and adventurous, Teresa grapples with the consequences of her choices, leading to an unexpected pregnancy. The novel intricately explores the nuances of sisterhood, societal expectations, and the repercussions of choices in pursuing family honor. Teresa's journey takes an unexpected turn when faced with challenges of unwed motherhood that yield the kind of experience you desperately want to talk about with another reader. Now, when I read this in 2017, I counted it among my favorite books, and I knew it would make a fantastic book club selection. The real challenge was finding a worthy guest to pair this book with for our discussion. The truth is, there was only one guest that I thought could do this novel justice, and that is Megan Church, who has a historical fiction novel coming out on March 5th of this year called The Girls We Sent Away. This is about a gifted teenage girl who ends up pregnant in the 1960s. If you haven't heard of the baby scoop era, this period roughly from the late 1940s to the early 1970s is when many unmarried pregnant women were often coerced, pressured, or forced to relinquish their babies for adoption. And as widespread social stigma was attached to unwed mothers, many saw adoption as a more socially acceptable outcome than single motherhood. The Girls We Sent Away is a page-turner story examining this era with fresh eyes as Lorraine navigates an unexpected pregnancy during her senior year of high school. Curious and bright, she has aspirations to be an astronaut one day, and we're reminded in evocative details of these dreams for her future as she looks to the sky and imagines a different life for herself and a different story that unfolds on the page. When Lorraine discovers the pregnancy, She just doesn't get any information about what is happening in her body or the process. Instead, she's sent away to a maternity home for teen girls. The parents just pray no one will ever know of her shameful secret. Lorraine's shame, though, it is palatable. But for the boy involved, this is barely a blip in his promising future. As societal expectations and familial pressures ground Lorraine, Church examines the underbelly of perfect picket fences and suburban dreams, we then realize that everyone has a shameful secret that could have grounded them at some point. Megan Church will be joining me for a recorded fireside chat where we're going to discuss her research and Jay Courtney Sullivan's book, explaining the parallels that we can find between these two stories. While these women's experiences varied widely during this time, many throughout this era faced isolation, shame, and psychological distress as they navigated the process of pregnancy, childbirth, and relinquishment. 
both Church and Sullivan deeply humanized this experience with a very raw and unfiltered lens through the eyes of teenage girls with few choices. Both novels, I can assure you, are five-star reads, and I cannot wait to share this conversation around these historical fiction novels. Be sure to get your pre-order in for The Girls We Sent Away by Megan Church and snag a copy of Saints for All Occasions for our discussion. I truly believe that this 2016 backlist novel came at the perfect time for me and for you. I was one of the lucky recipients to receive this book as an advanced copy the year that it came out. I still have the promotional materials carefully tucked within its spine. I have to admit that in 2016, a book about AI did not intrigue me. But fast forward to 2024, and I can think of no better book to discuss AI than Liz Moore's The Unseen World. Now, I will admit that Liz Moore is a household name, at least for me, but you might be surprised to discover that her highest rated book on Goodreads is not Long Bright River or Heft, two phenomenal stories I devoured from this author. Instead, it's this lesser-known, slow-burn literary fiction novel doing a deep dive on the rise of AI with an imagined chatbot named Elixir. Now, this is set in the 1980s in Boston, and Ada grows up under the care of David, her brilliant yet socially awkward single father. As the head of a prestigious computer science lab, David brings Ada to work every day, providing her with an unconventional homeschooling experience. Ada blossoms into a painfully shy prodigy by the tender age of 12, mesmerizing those around her. In a twist of fate, David's life takes a very unexpected turn, and it leaves Ada on the brink of orphanhood. But one of her father's colleagues steps in and offers Ada a place to call home with her family. And in this new home, Ada finds solace in the evenings by immersing herself in the AI system her father meticulously crafted. As the bond between Ada and her father gradually weakens, this chatbot becomes a source of comfort and intrigue. The more Ada uses this tool, the more she realizes her father has placed special messages just for her within its code. In fact, much of the novel is spent decoding what those codes are while tying together fragmented memories of David's life. This 451-page character-driven story spans Ada's life and deepens into the different eras and technology challenges throughout the generations. As we learn more, we uncover that David's characteristics are kind of rooted in something more significant than the reader really initially realizes. It isn't only about the concept of exploring technology, but also about being an outsider to society, the beauty and found family, and even finding love. The audiobook performance by Lisa Flanagan was exceptional on this one. I would pair an audio version, though, with the paper copy if you can, because excerpts from the code and chat messages run throughout, and it became a little cumbersome to follow without those visual elements. As Moore has described in past interviews, she really struggled with the evolution of tech as she was writing this book, constantly refining and changing it to align over her years of research and writing. And as a book club, it will be incredible to contrast her 2016 world to our greatest fears and most rewarding interactions now with AI technology. But who could lead us through a quest in our complicated feelings with AI? 
That was an easy task because when AI first hit the scene, I recalled a very specific interaction I shared with my friend Katie, who you may know in the book world as the Mindful Librarian. Katie is a curator, reader, educator, librarian, and writer. She writes about books over on her substack, The Mindful Librarian, which I highly recommend checking out. And when AI first started to infiltrate our daily tools, she posted a video about being very concerned as an educator about what AI would do to inhibit our writing skills and techniques and how it would change society as a whole. And while I echoed many of those sentiments, I also had a rather Pollyanna view of how AI could help lower income families and kids to have tech like this at their fingertips. I was quick to use these tools to help me and found ways that they quickened my daily processes, but I've also lost significant traffic and ranking as a business. And I personally am contemplating returning to corporate after 20 years in this business. It's been devastating and scary, and it might have sunk my battleship. So yeah, Katie and I, we're going to talk about that, and I will give you the inside baseball on how this impacts small creators. I encourage you to start this book in January because you can read Bluff in one day, and this novel is truly meant to be slowly savored. It's refreshing to read an AI book that is not doom and gloom, but captures that same kind of nostalgia as how we saw our early chatroom experiences on AOL, or just that nostalgic sound of the internet booting up if you sit in my age demographic. I can't wait to dive deep into the unseen world with Katie through our recorded fireside chat and talk through this book with you on our Zoom together. In 2013, I received the most elaborate book promotion box I have ever received in my entire career, a gorgeous wooden crate dripping in hundreds of clear jewels, complete with engraved cutlery, nestled a fantasy book from V.E. Schwab, a name that I was unfamiliar with because I didn't read that genre, and things like book talk just didn't exist for a reader like me. It's wild that I had never made the connection before that the author who wrote The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue had also sent this elaborate promotional material. So when I started to shop my bookshelves for books, I wondered if this book might hold the same magic for me as the first book I read by the author. I started the book in the morning. I finished it late in the evening on the same exact day. It was such a gripping page turner that I had to know how it would work out. That novel was Vicious by V.E. Schwab, and friends, it blew my socks off. This novel is made for readers who crave a blockbuster movie experience in a book. Published in 2013 by Macmillan, this fast-paced 364-page novel unfolds through multiple timelines that will resonate with comic book fans and anyone who loves a chilling dark academia story. The story opens with this quote from Joseph Brodsky, Life, the way it really is, is a battle not between bad and good, but between bad and worse. It is the perfect setup because this story doesn't deal with a tired trope of good versus evil, but bad and worse, which doesn't always give the reader, honestly, the ideal hero to root for. The story opens with Victor, who's recently been released from prison. He's digging a half-sunken grave at Merritt Cemetery with his 12-year-old friend, Shelby. He encourages her to dig the grave faster so they can get home. But home at this time is a stark hotel room stocked only with stolen clothes, chocolate milk, and mysterious files. 
The worry is that their digging will awaken other buried people accidentally. And that wild bit of information gives the reader all they need to know to become pulled in. A decade earlier, the reader meets a college-aged Victor in the library at his school. He always keeps a black sharpie in his back pocket because he's marking out his parents' pretentious academic research to give it different coded messages away from their planned self-help jargon. Victor's shenanigans pair perfectly with his roommate Eli as they are enrolled together in a comprehensive science course where they have to declare a thesis for their year. Victor declares adrenaline, but it surprises Victor, his classmates, and the professor when Eli says he wants to do his thesis on EOs. Now, what's an EO? Well, in this fantasy world, it stands for the extraordinary. These people are talked about like any other odd phenomenon, from believer sites to the occasional late-night exposés, where experts analyze grainy footage of men lifting cars or women engulfed in fire without burning. Hearing about EOs and believing in EOs, very different things. After class, back in their room, Victor sees that Eli has a wild enthusiasm and is surrounded by many printouts that would not be admissible in their classroom environment. The documents are captures from websites, message boards, and forums. Eli proposes that Victor think about their favorite comic book heroes and how heroes are made. Could the two tie together their planned thesis projects, Victor's on Adrenaline and Eli's on EO, and unlock a different version of this world? The experimentation undertaken by Victor and Eli to unlock these abilities form the crux of the plot. Schwab skillfully explores the dichotomy between nature and nurture, drawing parallels to comic book heroes like Superman and Spider-Man. The two begin experimentations that involve bringing them to death or near-death experiences and seeing if they could come back. Reminiscent of Flatliners, you'll find that many of the themes overlap, but you'll be so impressed by Schwab's interpretation of what it means to be a superhero in this imagined world. The characters' abilities are revealed gradually with a memorable cast of misfit characters with unusual abilities that I will not rob you of experiencing. To say that I was holding my breath, though, through these scenes is accurate. This novel is part of a duology, but I want you to know that the story can be read as a standalone. It doesn't end on a cliffhanger, and it did feel complete to me as a reader. When choosing a format for this book, I would recommend the paper copy that's fun to flip through because you can see Victor's edits to the books to reveal hidden messages that can feel a little difficult to capture through audiobook. The audiobook experience, though, is also really stellar. Jeremy Arthur performed it magnificently, and I did the paper with the audio, and it really enhanced the experience for me as a reader. For this recorded fireside chat, I'm bringing on one of my oldest and dearest blogging friends, Amira Martin, to help lead this discussion. Amira runs a blog called Four Hats and Frugal. She's an excellent resource for families on a budget, but she also holds a more recent position that overlaps well with this book club selection. Amira hosts the first official Disney Parks podcast, the Plan Disney Podcast. As part of her duties, she interviews Disney Parks guests doing extraordinary things and offers insider tips on Disney executives and cast members. She has a unique insider perspective into these worlds because she's often selected for movie premieres and coverage due to her enthusiasm for themes just like this one that we're exploring in our book. For example, when the Captain Marvel movie premiered, guess who was invited? Yeah, my friend. Because this book felt so cinematic, 
I wanted to discuss it with someone who can appreciate a delicious villain origin story. So grab a copy of Vicious by V.E. Schwab to talk through this fun book for our book club. And thank you to V.E. Schwab for a publicity pack that was so memorable. I went back to search for this book a decade later. Have you heard the name Latasha Harlins before? I had never heard of this tragic murder until reading a crime fiction novel. I am so grateful to writers who see the gross injustice in cases and are unafraid to immerse themselves in both viewpoints to capture a story that evokes empathy and outrage for what has happened. I have had Your House Will Pay, a dramatic novel written in 2019 on my Kindle for years, and I'm so glad I read it in time to place it for our backlist book club. In a concise 299 pages, Cha delivers a tautly woven story that unapologetically and unabashedly examines enduring racial tensions between the African-American and Korean-American communities during and after the LA riots. Set against the backdrop of the early 90s and the aftermath of the Rodney King beatings, this novel weaves a narrative inspired by real-life events. At its heart is the tragic story of Latasha Harlins, a 15-year-old African-American girl fatally shot by Soon Ja Du, a 49-year-old Korean-American convenience store owner. Readers are given two fictional perspectives through the brother of the victim and the eyes of the convenience store clerk's daughter. Cha told NPR that she realized there were direct connections between the early 90s and the emergence of the Black Lives Matter movement after Michael Brown's murder that made her acknowledge her book was not just about the past at all, but about moments that still happen today. Immersing oneself in a narrative that does not strictly align with one's cultural heritage poses a unique challenge for any author. I read this honestly quite hesitantly. What won me over was that Cha wielded a critical lens, and as acknowledged best by the Los Angeles Review of Books, this yields an experience that feels compelling and risk-taking. Cha's approach to presenting two distinct family perspectives challenges the reader to examine their empathy for all involved and crafted an enthralling page-turner for me as a reader. Renowned Korean-American novelist Steph Cha was honored with the Los Angeles Times Book Prize for this exceptional work and will participate in our recorded interview series that we plan to record after the holiday season. Our conversation will explore the intricate research underpinning her narrative and unravel the objectives behind humanizing these two viewpoints. If Steph Cha is a new voice, it might help to know that she has authored three other novels centered around her detective protagonist, Juniper Song. This crime fiction masterpiece marks her first standalone novel and has garnered much critical acclaim. I'm eager to delve into Cha's research methods and creative process in Your House Will Pay, and I hope you will be too. I had hinted when recording our summer reading guide that American Dream by Dora Aziz Amna would be part of our book club year, and I am so thrilled to share that the author will be joining us to discuss this darkly funny and moving coming-of-age story that was unlike anything else I've read this past year. In praise of this narrative, a Pulitzer Prize-winning author described it as a sharply observed twist on the classic coming-to-America story, where we find an America recognizable in all its generosity, cruelty, and sometimes well-intentioned bumbling. At times, this literary fiction novel might feel a little like reading a memoir. In past interviews, Amna shared that she did an exchange program in high school that took her from urban Pakistan to the rural Pacific Northwest when she was growing up. 
This compelling debut navigates the complexities of being an exchange student, divulging the challenges faced by Hira, a 17-year-old Pakistani exchange student thrust into the midst of a rural Oregon high school. Of course, Hira is a bit jaded when the story begins. She's been diagnosed with tuberculosis, leading to months of forced quarantine that further isolates her from her host family and the entire town. The book opens as speckled blood dots her sheets, and she worries that things might have gotten worse. As she and her host mother make their way to the doctor, Amna frames Hira's view of the world like this, quote, It's 2011. America is still king of the world, and the cool guys in the White House. And Kelly, her host mother, can't comprehend the rest of the world not clamoring for these shores. Hira's honest voice and character may cause a sensitive reader to bristle a bit. She is a skeptical protagonist, and she does not have a romantic lens through which she sees America. For someone from Pakistan, particularly during this time frame, her family member's top concern is asking her how far New York is from Oregon. This is the America they know and recognize from all those screaming headlines from 2001. Here is prepped before her journey to be their family's ambassador. She must be a good Pakistani, a good Muslim, a good girl. But what compromises must she make to adapt to a new environment while upholding these esteemed virtues? When she arrives, her astute observations on American culture, like how mothers do it all without any help, the reliance on convenience foods, and even how we treat sick people, starkly contrast with her nurturing childhood environment. The narrative captures the subtleties of tensions and microaggressions as she grapples with her cultural clash between her privileged South Asian Muslim background and the conservative all-white working-class town she now calls home. However, her coming-of-age story reveals a really captivating understanding that while home stays with you, visiting other countries can inevitably alter your brain chemistry forever. And when the characters in this novel find ways to seek common ground together, it is quite beautiful. I'm grateful for the Pakistani women who have been a cherished part of my life since my college years, and I find myself drawn to stories that deepen my understanding of their experiences. From my college roommate who stood next to me at my wedding, to my incredible girlfriends who are now my found family, I hope they feel seen in this story. I can't wait to share an hour with Dur and hear more about her writing process for this novel, and I hope to invite a few friends to our Zoom for an immersive chat to learn more about these experiences. I'm eager for you to read American Fever, a book that recognizes the resilience and courage required to immerse oneself in a foreign land. Okay, that's the first half of our year. To hear the second half, head to part two for the big reveal for the final half of 2024. I am so excited to hear if you've read any of these books we're diving into this year, and what books are you most excited to read together? Feel free to leave a comment on today's post. Before you go, we'd love your support. If you enjoyed today's discussion, subscribe to the podcast for more literary adventures, and take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. Your feedback means the world to me and helps others discover this space. See you in part two.